Meet your next audiobook listen, Go as a River by Shelley Reed. Set in the 1940s, this coming-of-age novel is filled with danger, love, passion, and a tragedy that lands teenaged Victoria Nash in Colorado's beautiful and harsh wilderness, fighting to survive. Find out what happens as the Gunnison River rises, an old life is underwater, and Victoria fights to regain all that is lost. Listen now on Spotify. I'm Nikki Tomlin, and this is CypherCast. I hope you know from the news that Ty and Maude are still alive, but it's really scary. We're coming up on 16 days for Maude, which is as long as Tamara lasted. When you're the world's most valuable lepers, you get regular deliveries of everything you need. Books, food, and equipment. Most of it's for Kalpana, who's been working on a treatment to help people with pulmonary anomaly 1. It's weird to suggest that there's any kind of upside to Ty catching a crippling case of PA-1, but it did give Kalpana two patients to study instead of just one. After four days of running tests, she presents her findings to us in the lobby near Ty's sickbed. She's got this cool-looking handheld device. So this is a V-scan designed for non-invasive inspection of the inside of the human body. What I've done is modified this particular V-scan to recognize sound waves the way an ordinary ultrasound recognizes solid obstructions. I believe I've found where the message is operating within Diane Mod. So what are we looking at? So this here, I found this exact same phenomenon in Mod's medulla as well. How are you connecting it to the message? Two reasons. It registers like a sound wave, mm-hmm. and it should not be there. Now, the medulla, that's the part of the brain that controls the lungs. The medulla and pons, yes. Mm -hmm. I think the purpose of this phenomenon is somehow to mislead the cilia. You know cilia? Yeah, the little fibers in the lungs, the little hairs that keep the mucus moving. Exactly. And as we see consistently in CT scans and ultrasound scans of PA1 patients, the cilia are behaving in a strange manner. They're directing mucus to where it will create the most obstruction in the bronchioles making it harder and harder to breathe until the patient drowns in their own phlegm. At the moment, it's just a theory, but I want to inject the bubbles and direct ultrasound waves at them as before. But instead of using perforations created for medication, I want to use them to send specific vibrations into the medulla to create an effect of interference. Like a counter message? Yes, I like that, like a counter message. To confuse the signal from the brain to the lungs. Ideally, causing the cilia to return to ordinary function. Jeanette, can you track down someone from Maud's family and ask permission for this therapy? Of course. If you do that, I'll call Ty's wife. Ty, are you awake? Why is that familiar? Probably just a dream. God. Do we need to get the medical team back in here? Robin. Start prepping, Dr. Singh. I'll get the permission. 
Robin hasn't spoken a non-work-related word to me since that awful conversation two weeks back. As a result, I've stayed completely on edge around her, waiting for her to suddenly turn on me and say, it should be you who's sick instead of them. You're the useless one. You're the one who lies. It wasn't until the day they delivered the portable shower. Yes, it works. That Robin spoke to me. Are you, uh, are you talking? Oh, no, sorry. Oh my gosh, sorry. If you want to just grab, it's totally working right now. If you just want to grab a shower and I will get out of your way. Are you recording? Uh, yeah. Shower cast. I want you to do something for me. Um, yeah, of course. When you interviewed that man in Hawaii, mm-hmm. the one who worked with Louis Crow. Yeah, 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 right. He mentioned a civilian observer, someone named Anders, who listened to the message many times over without being affected. Listen, Robin, I think there's actually something else um, I should tell you I've got about. some investigators working on it, but if you can put it out on your next podcast, if anyone knows Anders, if anyone knows his family, um, maybe he has some kind of immunity. Robin, we Robin, can there's to- something else that I should tell you about. Do you remember those words that Ty said in his sleep today? Mm-hmm. This is mod. Oh my god. Right? A few minutes after playing it for Robin, I'm playing it for Jeanette and Kalpana in the conference room. At this point, Kalpana and Jeanette are scrolling through PA1 case files as fast as they can. Oh, this chart here. This a nurse's notation had to reintubate after patient tried to disconnect from ventilator and ranted about a city made up song. It could be an actual song, but I'm not finding lyrics that much. I don't know. Are we thinking subliminal suggestion? Something buried in the message? Wait a minute. What if... What? I'm sorry, keep going. What, Jeanette? No, no, I'm... I'm being silly. Keep going. Jeanette, stop walking. Take a breath. Now tell me your silly idea. I'm thinking about NDEs. NDEs, that's not... Near-death experiences. You see accounts of them across cultures. Mm -hmm. Not just light at the end of the tunnel type stuff, but all kinds of accounts of spiritual visions recalled by people after a real close brush with death. But it's nonsense, yes? Yes, yes. But it's how it's nonsense that's relevant. There's studies I've seen where you trigger asphyxia in a rat and watch the release of neurotransmitters go through the roof. So if you're having trouble breathing, if theoretically you're close to respiratory arrest, there's lots of clinical evidence that being that close to death triggers a massive spike in cortical connectivity. And that's where NDEs come from. Actually, there's a similar thing in surgery. When the heart stops on the operating table during brain surgery, there are often reports of a sharp increase in the release of high-frequency brain waves called gamma oscillations. If theoretically very, very theoretically, one could use sound waves to manipulate gamma oscillations, it uh, is possible could, that... Yeah, you could implant thoughts. Thoughts like there's a city made of song. I don't know. I told you it was silly. But it's not silly. It's Ty. Remember this from episode three? Never squash your silly idea. No, no, at least give it a chance. This is Cypher doing what Cypher does best. So we think the message is depressing our respiration to make our brains more receptive to the message? Yeah, look, I'm just working with what's in front of me here. I think that's just about the most Ty thing I've ever heard. Actually, 
That means a lot to me. And he'd know what to do with it. Were you able to get his wife's permission? Yes, I was. Then if you think it would bring him joy, we should try to wake him up to hear it. Robin cleared the lobby so that only Kalpana and some hazmat doctors and nurses could operate on Ty. It was pretty quick, considering it involved injecting bubbles through a guy's skull. But apparently that's less difficult than you'd think. I actually slept through the whole thing, up until their laughter woke me up. <laughs> so, <laughs> she, <laughs> you're saying there are actually holes in my head. Ty, there's always been holes in your head. <laughs> uh, but uh, can I touch my brain through it? Touch your brain? The hole is minuscule. <laughs> He's messing with you, Gulf. Hey, Ty. Hey, Nikki. Oh, my God. So you're up, huh? Yeah, well, unless this is all a happy dream. If it was a happy dream, it'd probably be a little happier. And it's one of those things where you should leave them alone. But you don't want to just run off, because how weird would that look? But, true to form, Robin got right back to business. I need to tell you our theory. Three hours later, we wheeled Ty's bed over next to Maud's. Maud's really groggy at sitting up. So, just so I'm clear, I'm totally not cured, right? Well, according to my ultrasound, the sound-based phenomenon is still very present in your medulla. I was hoping the interference wave would dissipate it, but you see the sound waves are still there. So we have to assume that once the counter-message wears off, the message will reassert itself. Meaning they're not going to let us out. No, we're not cured. They just kicked the can down the road. So how do they get cured? What is the one adjective that is always paired with disease? Communicable. Now, why did you start talking about a city made of song? I mean, I don't remember. I, was it almost like, like a voice? Yes, a voice. Like it didn't specifically say repeat after me, but I knew that's like what I wanted. I always say communication is not just verbal, but what if it's chemical as well? What if it's possible for the speaker to communicate a message by altering the chemical makeup of the listener? But that's not even a theory for ants. That's basically a Tuesday. There, you see, precedent. So, I think they're writing on the inside of our brains. But we have to be near death when they do it. Which is why you guys have to make me sicker. What? Put me in an acoustic-rich environment. Play the message over and over to me. No trait to only limited relief from Calvinist treatment. Keep my blood oxygen as low as you possibly can without killing me. And maybe then I can decode the message and we'll have our cure. Except for the slight problem that I won't allow it. I won't. I... No! The whole room waits in silence as Robin paces breathes, then finally sits on the edge of Ty's bed. You're a real pain in the ass. What can I say? 
Theodore, this treatment, I've only just designed it. You and Maud's procedures were a circus of trial and error. To do the kind of repeated calibrated doses you're talking about, I'd need months of refinement. You have a week. Then we start. Start what? Killing Ty as slowly as we can. Join me next week for part eight of CypherCast. This is Jermaine Fowler, author of the Humanity Archive, recovering the soul of black history from a whitewashed American myth. Through telling the stories, of the human experience, I am always seeking to show, as Frederick Douglass said, that a smile has no nation, and a tear has no nationality, and that immaterial things like music and art and stories can bring us together and bridge the gap of our differences. Listen today on Spotify.